This is God Alive. This is the Exalted Pile Driver. This is Criff. I mean Arnold. This is Alex and Nick from Tyrannonaut. Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph. This is Zeke Evil from Natal Craft. This is Nick from Hessian Farm. This is Jason from Sulaco. I'm eating a plain cheeseburger. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. It's Brian Mason from Charmer, Sulaco, and Contrarian. Maybe BML. What's up? This is Sully. This is Mama Nat. Hey, this is Rick Dorf from Wolfpack 44, the Electric Hellfire Club, and Coven. This is Richie from Grave Huffer. And we're Immortal Possession, and you're listening to Grandisopian. <laughs> <laughs> No! 
All right. We're back with episode 242. It's crazy. It is. We're too stubborn to quit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We started off the episode with No Fucker from Utica with the song They Call It Peace. Then after that, Temple of Gorgon with the song Triumph of the Sinner. And that is off of the Leviathan EP. The CD is available from Adirondack Black Mass, and the digital version can be obtained by visiting Temple of Gorgon's Bandcamp page. Uh, we had a fun week. Yeah, we did. It was a busy week. We were at a Bug Jar yeah. Thursday night mm-hmm. for Order of the Dead, mm-hmm. Wild Hexen, mm-hmm. Grotesqueries, mm-hmm. and Bloodspore. Yep. And Friday, we celebrated Bane's ninth birthday. Yeah. Yes. Good times. Yes. Definitely. You want to know what didn't happen either of those nights, though? Hmm. We didn't end up on TMZ for brawling. No. No. But apparently, a local bar, a local to us here bar, Mm -hmm. did. Fairport bar, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You want to guess what it was over? Uh, the way the world is today, I can imagine. Yeah, that's a good point. Nothing will surprise me. Football. That does not surprise me at all. <laughs> I know I don't really have to explain it on the show. Because mm. those listening know. Mm. And I'm sure I've talked about it before. But I never feel safer than I do at the Bug Jar and yeah. Photo City. Yeah. Yep. Like that stuff just doesn't happen. Yeah. If anything, we're all getting each other sick because we're hugging too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not... I don't know. I, I don't remember... I'm sure it's happened, but I, I'm sure it's I, I happened. can't remember seeing... <clears throat> I've seen people get like kind of thrown out for violently kung fu moshing or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't remember ever seeing like a legit fight in those places. Yeah. I haven't. I'm sure it's happened, but Yeah, I'm sure it's happened too, but And I'm sure the people that work there would be like, You guys are dumb, what are you talking the, about? A, a, it happens yes, all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> um we're now in the season of, um, uh, you know, the holidays do weird things to some people. Mm-hmm. So this guy apparently stood outside of a, an elementary school in a Grinch costume with a sign that says, Santa is fake, Jesus is real. Oh, that is so... <laughs> That is so entertaining for right a few reasons. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm trying to see if it like says anything, but my phone's acting up. Let me see what it says here. Kids, Santa Claus is fake. My adult fairy tale is real. <laughs> <laughs> and again, believe what you want, but here's somebody, number one, ruining kids' lives. Yeah. Ruining their lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little dramatic, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if I walked out. It's shitty. Yeah. It's really shitty. Yeah. If I was like five years old and believed in Santa and I thought Santa was coming in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And some guy was holding a sign that says Santa's fake. Mm-hmm. At five years old, I'd be pretty devastated. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Uh, 31 years ago yesterday, <laughs> the first text message was sent. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Guess 31 what it, years ago. Guess what it said. Um, oh, I feel like I know it. It's something super random. Mm, not really. Oh. It's kind of ties into. How about test? With what you were just saying. It was Merry Christmas. 
Oh. Yep. And I now, didn't know that. And now you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. No. On the plus side, we are almost to the point where we can play my favorite Christmas song. Mm-hmm. We play it every year. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Are people going to have to tune in to hear what that is? You're not going to say what it is? No. Okay. Leave some anticipation for an yeah, upcoming Yeah, I'm, I'm really sure I'm <laughs> gathering followers on that one. <laughs> All right, you want to play some more music? You got something else over there? Um, yeah, let's play some music, and then I'm going to take you back in time. Okay. All right. I want you to announce this first one. <clears throat> All right. First up is Etched Horizon with the song Dancing, Typhoons, and Concerts of Grandier. 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 Oh, come on, man. <laughs> oh, I have a hard time saying this word. Okay, it's coming off of the endlessly levitating in Azure Wonder. Out now. <laughs> Then, then after that, Voidkeeper with the song Immolation. This single is available now via Soda Records. Am I saying that right? S-O-D-E-H. Soda. Soda. And then we're going to head to Sweden and listen to George with the song The Fall coming off of the Tundra album available now on Blackmark Records. <laughs>
Hey, hey, hey! Hello, Grim Dystopian! Hello, everyone! Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph.
Oh, well, Ken's right. Hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're really something with that Ken's right <laughs> drop. Not a drop. You just said it. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have 15 hard to believe facts about life in the 80s from someone who lived through it. Oh, you could just ask me. <laughs> uh, number one, schools in most places could legally discipline students by hitting them, mm-hmm. and many did. Yeah. Did you get hit? Um, no. No. Wow. It surprises me that you even have to think about that. No, no. I didn't. But I could definitely tell they wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, especially the Catholic schools back then were very violent. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't think about like the private schools. The nuns used to like break chairs over kids' backs. No, come on. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of school, if you needed to write a report, there was no researching it online. You had to get up off of your ass, go down to the library, and find books, either with the librarian's help or using the Dewey Decibel System. Decibel System. Decimal. Decimal. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I I think we need to rename. We need a different version of uh, of the Dewey Decibel system. <laughs> yeah, we should. It's funny I said decibel. <laughs> Do you think you could remember how to use that? Uh, it would take a few minutes. Yeah, I think it would for me too. I'd have to look at it because, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was super complicated. Yeah. But somehow we all knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. To Dewey it. <laughs> Uh, smoking was pretty much allowed everywhere, even in restaurants. In fact, yeah. most res- restaurants had two sections, one for smokers and one for non-smokers. It was mandatory. I mean, yeah, I, I even remember when they didn't have two sections. That, that kind of came later on, you know what I mean? At first it was just like, you just smoked wherever the fuck you wanted. Yeah, that's how I, even I remember that. Yeah. And I'm like 25 years younger than you, so... I remember being born, and as I came out, the doctor was looking at me with a cigarette hanging out of yeah. his mouth. Yep. In all seriousness, though, you could smoke on planes, too, which is crazy yeah, to me. Yeah, Like, how do you have a smoking section on plane? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's really ridiculous. Um, there was just so much smoking in general, including cigarette vending machines out in the open. Yep. That's where I used to buy when I was, I don't know, when I first started smoking. Um, I think I was 12. And I would, there was a Chinese restaurant that had a, a vending machine in like the lobby area. Uh-huh. And I would just go in there and get them. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't, this is new to me. There was a phone number you'd call. Seven six seven two six seven six or popcorn. You know how it has like the. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says at least in California to find out what time it was. Oh yeah. I remember that. There was like a. I think it was through the phone, like uh, the Rochester telephone. There was a. It was time and temperature. I think. Let's <clears throat> say what the time was and the temperature. Along similar lines, you couldn't just Google a number on your phone. So if you wanted to call, say, a restaurant, you had to either look it up in the phone book or call information yep. where an operator would give it to you. Yep. And those operators were always so mean. Yeah. I mean, um, it's got to be a, a thankless, irritating job. Yeah, I'm sure. But the worst part of... Only having a landline phone to communicate was that when you wanted to talk to your friend or gasp a crush, you had to dial their number and likely talk to their mom or dad first. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Speaking of kids talking to adults, back in the 80s, you absolutely addressed adults by using Mr. or Mrs. Miss as their last name. Mr. or Mrs. is their last name. And their last name. Yeah. I don't think I did that. I don't think I did either. 
As a matter of fact, I think all my friends were like, yeah, don't do that. Because <laughs> they felt old. Yeah. I don't think I did. Not because I wasn't polite, because I was bashful. <laughs> like you just didn't address them by name? Yeah. Yeah, I can see you doing that. Yeah. I do that now. If I'm not a thousand percent sure of somebody's name, I hey, will not. Hey, yeah. bud. <laughs> hey, fella. I haven't learned that one yet. <laughs> and then I make really awkward yeah. situations for everybody. <laughs> I remember um, in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, um, pranking people so many times. That, like, like over the phone? Yeah. That um, they would call the operator and like I'd eventually get caught. And the operator would like tie my line up. Like I'd hang the phone up and like... 10 minutes later I'd pick it up and the operator would still be there. Just, oh, I didn't know they could do that. I didn't I yeah, I don't know. Whoa. Uh I remember this one. Going to the movies in the 80s was very different than it is today. First, when you you couldn't just look up showtimes online, so you either found them in the newspaper or yeah. called the theater to hear a pre-recorded message yeah. that seemed to take forever yeah, yeah i remember that and it did it took so long that i would like zone out and then i'd be like fuck and you have to listen to it all over again because yeah. the movie passed yeah back then you could uh you could bring a pocket knife into the movie theaters <clears throat> i don't okay well you had to, to in order to cut the hole in the bottom of the popcorn no stop so, you know so your date <laughs> would reach in there i can't find a surprise uh, Come on, you remember our early dates. <laughs> um, there was massive anti-drug hysteria in the 80s. First Lady Nancy this, Reagan. This guy always wants extra butter on his popcorn. Let sh <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, Nancy Reagan. Let a just say no campaign complete with celebs forcefully telling us how dangerous drugs were. Mm -hmm. And it convinced me. I was constantly at risk of a shady drug dealer approaching me, pushing drugs on me. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a real fear. Never mind that I was eight and broke. <laughs> um, I remember back then, um, a lot of, especially like the punk and hardcore album covers would have interesting, like, uh, you know, caricatures of, political nonsense oh really yeah like all those campaigns yeah or yeah just like, like um, dare mm -hmm. <clears throat> cryptic slaughter had a really nice one uh no phones or internet meant that kids spent most of their time playing outside often doing things their parents would not approve of does it say what well and then it says this meme really says it all your mom thought you were riding your bike around the block for eight hours, but in that time you went five miles away, explored an abandoned house, jumped over some garage roofs, mm -hmm. attempted a Ouija board, built a den in the woods, and made your own fire. Yeah. Which is totally true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, young people today have thousands of photos and videos of their lives on their phone, but 80s kids had way, way fewer photos of their lives. Why? Yeah. Because getting photos was a hassle. Mm -hmm. Film was expensive. You mm -hmm. had to go get, you had to get somebody to drive you to the photo development booth so they could process and print your photos, mm -hmm. which cost more money. Mm -hmm. And then you had to come back later to pick up your photos, most of which were blurry or poorly framed. Yeah. Because you couldn't see what the hell you were doing. Definitely. <laughs> um, the mall was the place to be in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Once there, you could browse new toys and fashions, listen to music at record stores, talk to friends. It was basically the internet of our time. And that is so true. Yeah. I know guys used to go to the mall because girls would hang out there. You know? Yeah. Speaking of 80s kids going to the mall, it blows my mind that my parents would be like, meet me in the front of Sears at exactly 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then have to just go on faith that their kid would be there five hours later with no way to track or communicate with them. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, which made me think of uh, a weird story 
and something that I don't think would happen now. I remember me and my my friend and I uh, would go to the mall like all the time and just walk around. We'd eat at the food court. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you remember back in the day they used to have like those people with clipboards that you would avoid because they would want you to fill out a survey yeah. or take a questionnaire. Yeah, it was really irritating. Yeah, and you would do anything in your power. Yeah. Like, you duck into, like... They're, you're, like, fucking 10 years old, and they're like, yeah, look at... We just sign up for this uh, new this, furnace system. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So, my friend Veronica and I were walking through the mall, and we were approached with the clipboard guy. Mm-hmm. And it was watching, it might have been, geez, I don't even know what it was. I don't know how long it was, but it was basically previewing and reviewing one of the Home Alone movies. Really? So they took us like down this hallway, just two grown men with two 12-year-olds. With no cell phone, no way, nothing. And they put us in this room, separated, because they didn't want us talking about our review and, like, influencing each other. And it went on forever. Man, this has Chris Hansen written all over (laughs) it. (laughs) And then I couldn't find her afterwards, and it turns out, like, that be on time outside of Sears Mm. shit was real. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were late, you were getting an ass whooping. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, my mom didn't fuck around with that. Mm-hmm. So she had left in the middle and was like, I'm not doing this. And she didn't know where I was, so she couldn't find me. Oh, so man. her and her dad were waiting in the parking lot for me. Oh. And we got, he yelled at us so bad. <laughs> He's like, don't you ever do that shit again. So did you finished? Um, I got to the end and he wanted to ask me a bunch of questions. And I was like panicked because it was, it took, for, I was in there forever. And I was like, I have to go. Like, Did, people are going to come looking for me. You watched the whole movie? No, I don't think it was the whole movie. I think it... But it was longer than a trailer. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. I forgot until you just mentioned that. I forgot about, like, all that kind of stuff that used to go on. Um, Like that with the clipboard thing. Yeah. There was... It would happen often, and there was, they'd be either trying to sell you or recruit or some kind of dumb questionnaire. Yeah. 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 Even the, uh, like army recruiters would hang out there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Weird times. Yeah. Different times. That's for sure. You want to know who probably remembers the 80s? Me. And oh, yeah,
General Surgery with the song Grotesque Laceration of Mortified Flesh from the Pestis Ferris Anthropophagia demo from 1991. Soon after showing up on General Surgery's first official release on Relapse Records, Necrology, which is where I first heard that song. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm listening. Oh. Uh, do you know the meaning behind knocking on wood? Is it a coffin reference? No. No. So we say knocking, like knock on wood, like yeah, yeah. for like good luck mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. A, like a wish. Yeah. A wish. <laughs> Every you... time I make a wish, I knock on wood. <laughs> Well, it's going to make sense in a minute, Okay. smartass. Did you know that knocking on wood actually comes from the belief that every tree is inhabited by a spirit known as Hamadryad or Dryad? The action of knocking was practiced by ancient priests to immediately summon the spirit to aid the priest or priestess in order to ward off evil or fulfill a wish. Smartass. So but, the, but so Santa Claus is fake. So the okay. next time you knock on wood, remember that you are actually summoning the spirits of the tree. Hmm. And I had no idea. No, me neither. How often do you knock on wood? Probably more than I should. You do? Yeah. And if I say it, I... You have to do it. I right? have to do yeah. it. Yeah. I like when people do it and they're knocking on something that's not wood. You know what I mean? Knock on particle board. Yeah, that seems to happen <laughs> often. Yeah. All right, I don't think this is out yet, but I have, uh, maybe for next year, I have a Christmas wish list item. Oh, really? Yeah. This is in the early stages, I think, but this is uh, about a device that can induce lucid dreams on demand, which is pretty interesting um what is it like vr it's a headband thing but so let me let me tell you about it okay sorry um there's a it's a new tech startup called prophetic which aims to bring lucid dreams to a much wider audience by developing a wearable device designed to spark the experience when desired um it's the brainchild of Eric Wolberg and Wesley Lewis Berry III. Um, the pair co-founded this company earlier this year, so it's new. Um, with the goal of combining technologies such as ultrasound and machine learning mod- models to detect when dreamers are in REM to induce and stabilize lucid dreams. So I guess you have to be sleeping deeply enough to... Which could be another problem. <laughs> Definitely uh, for me. So, uh, for this to work, but it, um, it sounds like um, once it detects that you are in a dream state, that you can control your dreams. That's pretty wild. They say um, the list of benefits um, include. Everything from helping with PTSD, reducing anxiety, yep, improving mood, confidence, motor skills, creativity. Um, fucking, I'm really sick of pop-ups. It's constant. So it looks like you can, uh, like. They say you can like do, like completely take control of your dream. You can like, if you want to fly, you can fly. If you want to make, these are quotes from the article. If you want to make a building rise out of the ground, if you want to talk to your dream characters, you can do any of that stuff. You would try that? That sounds amazing. Yeah, it actually does. Yeah, I would definitely try that. I wonder how much it would go for. I know. Probably quite a bit. Yeah. It'll be 
of fortune now and in five or ten years there'll be like a million versions of it and it'll be fifty nine dollars yeah <laughs> yeah that's it seems cool though yeah that sounds cool when I first saw it I thought it it meant that you could just put this on and start lucid dreaming that's what I thought you meant and I'm like I don't know if I like that because like what technology is altering your state yeah on demand like that yeah hopefully it doesn't turn out like napoleon dynamite's uh time machine (laughs) turn it off (laughs) (laughs) who ordered that was it kip or him i think it was kip that ordered it but then he had napoleon yeah that was funny i don't know all right that's quite a contrast Talking about this, opposed to what you just talked about from the eighties, like it's wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just what's happened in our lifespan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like what's happened in the past twenty years is way more of a difference than what happened, like the previous 50 or 100 years. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. It's only going to continue to advance. Yeah. Faster and faster. By advance, you mean get worse. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm, like, so conflicted with technology. I'm fascinated by it, and I love a lot of it, but I think overall it is not making our lives better. Agreed. On that note, we heading out of here? Yeah. All right. Looks like we're kicking off this segment with Electric Machete. With the song Dance with the Machine coming off of the High Penetration Formula album out now. And then after that, Varoth with the song Judas Blood and Vultures, which is a single that is coming off of their debut full-length album, which is due to be out in 2024 via Exodus, not Exodus, but Ex-It-Us, Stratagem Records. Then we're ending the show with Cryptworm with the song Organ Snatcher coming off of the oozing radioactive Vomishin release, which will be coming out December 15th on Misako Un Oho Records. In com- conspiracy with pulverized records and extremely rotten productions. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And remember the first time we went to the movies? Yeah. And you reached into the bucket of popcorn? Yep. What were you? I don't an know. organ snatcher. <laughs>